0: Things are a little bit different. As promised, we have our very good friend Ted here, and we are going to talk about a lot of wrestling. But the thing is, Taylor and Ted are kind of soulmates. Nobody watches as many bad wrestling movies as these twos. And maybe Al. I will include him in this conversation, but Al is not here today. With that being said, we're going to have more of a movie discussed conversation, that did not make sense, but you knew where I was going with it. So I kind of want to just open up the floor to you two. Uh, but before we do that, Ted, just like we did on your episode, I would love for you to plug your stuff right at the gate. So we make sure everyone here can support you.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Billy Hill, uh, the Hill Truth podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, all that stuff. Uh, be sure to check it out. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I am not on all those other things because especially Facebook it is of the devil and I will not refuse to go on there. So, uh, but check me out on Twitter, check out the podcast, uh, listen, uh, you can find all the podcast stuff, uh, on my Twitter. Uh, also give a five star review because I've, Found out that's what the box and the uh, algorithms really cater to. So go on Apple and give it a five-star review. To
2: start this off, Ted, I know that you watch a lot of uh, wrestler movies because we at one point had a conversation about Shutter Speed, and I think we're yep. the only two people in the universe that have seen that movie. So Probably. I know that you watch a lot of bad wrestler movies, but... My topic today is a little bit of a flip of the script because I wonder if you could tell me what the best movie with a wrestler in it you've ever seen is. I have one, but I don't think it's probably the one that you're going to choose.
1: Mine is a little nostalgic. This wrestler is not in it for a lot of the movie, but this wrestler used to come around uh, during the territory days every now and then and show up uh, in my hometown gymnasium at the high school and do matches and i'd see him on tv i'd seen him live in person and then i saw him in a movie and it just has always been in my memory and that is escape from new york ox baker oh yes i love that movie
2: dude that's one of my classics. Like as a, as like a mid teenager, I had it on a DVD that I found. Everything I was my dad's or something, but I would pop it in every day. That's one of those everyday movies. Snake Pliskin, let's go.
1: Yes, and even the name they gave him, Slag. I mean, that is such a wrestler name. That could have been part of retribution. Slag, T-Bar, Mason, Slag. <laughs> Oh, you nail on the
0: head! I think that was the best comparison. Let me ask you: How do you feel about Escape from LA, though? Because I do know because of the giant time gap between the filming of two the two movies, they're like kind of completely different movies in a, their own little way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wasn't as big a fan of that. You know, there's some movies that just need to be standalone and don't need a sequel. That's a I sports mean,
2: entertainment my- sequel, though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that that was that was taken like. Escape from New York was the horseman with Jim Crockett and then trying to do something in uh, late WWF or even early WWF and trying to recreate it with, uh, I don't know, just pick four uh, Tito Santana, Coco Beware, and two other guys and put them in a, um, a stable and make them heels. I, uh, I love the good and the bad and the
2: ugly of Kurt Russell, so I like both of them.
0: I have to be that guy yeah. where... I might ruffle a little feather here or there, but I like the reincarnation. I personally think escape from LA is a better movie. In my opinion, you love cheese is what you're saying. There's something about that movie. I, uh, that specific slice of sci-fi from the nineties is just my cup of tea. So getting to watch that movie, like, I'm just like, okay, this is age. Just the amount I need for a bad horror or sci-fi movie to age with it still being, Watchable now, Escape from New York is better, but I like if I want to watch Escape from New York, I'm gonna watch Waterworld if
2: that makes any sense. No, it doesn't.
1: Oh, uh, well, <laughs> let me ask you if you want some good sci fi, uh, this doesn't have a wrestler in it, but uh, have you seen Logan's Run?
0: I have not, but I'm now intrigued. I've heard about it, and oh. it's one of those movies I've been told I need oh. to watch, but I yes. was really hoping he- Hoping, hoping that you were going to open a door for me and say Lake Placid because then I was going to snap back with <laughs> saying that there is a wrestler in that movie. Jimmy King is in that movie, baby. And okay. I will use this beautiful segue to once again talk about Ready to Rumble, especially oh, Christ, will. since Taylor has not watched it recently. But I have to have a different conversation about it. I know I was defending David Arquette. I don't even want to talk about him. I just want to talk about the movie as a whole. And I know when it came out, it got a lot of flack. It painted wrestling fans as like these nerdy weirdos that nobody wanted to talk about. But when you watch that movie, a lot of the interactions you would have, especially where they were, they were in the South. Like they weren't in a like metropolitan area, you know, there and there was a lot of people that either Picked one side of the world or the other side and either loved or hated wrestling. But the thing about that movie, when you go back and watch it, when you're a little too invested in the sport like I am at this point, you noticed how accurate that movie is. And it's a completely different, like when you take it for what it is, it's a much better movie because you, like, even in the beginning of the movie, as soon as DDP and King are in the ring, they're walking through a match like they are sitting there calling the match as you're going. And it's to a like pinpoint. And it's exactly what you expect when a match is going through. Like, if you know the like dynamics of that, they're doing everything right. Then even to the calling, the finishes, the main promoter is supposed to be Eric Bischoff going rogue. Like every little detail of this movie, they, they, talk to people and they wanted to make it as accurate as possible and there was a lot of effort put into it but I think because of the David Arquette title thing and then the fact that wrestling fans were mad that a little bit of truth was thrown in their face this movie got bastardized but if you go back today and watch it this will really show you like if you want to go into get in the business or even see what it's like to take the glasses off and peel the skin back a little bit and see how the industry works I think this movie is a perfect example of that Great movie, bro. Uh,
2: I mean, I mean for you. No, you Great don't I was fuck Great you. You don't get you. to do this. You were <laughs>
0: telling me I was an idiot the other day. So no. No, you're an idiot
1: because you tried to put the belt on David Arquette again. To me, Ready to Rumble is in the same vein of Days of Thunder. Okay. Because NASCAR fans really, a lot of true NASCAR fans hated that movie. But the casual fan. Hey, it's got Tom Cruise in it, so you know, you love that. So, you know, I was okay with Ready to Rumble, just like I was okay with Days of Thunder. Just like we got now, uh, the show Heal. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the story. Great, great show, and you know things like that. And I think that is the thing: is that some people were upset, not that it's it's sort of like when you tell the kid there is no Santa Claus and you show him the old man with the fake beard in the back of the mall and say, no, here, see, it's, we want to believe we know it, but we don't want to know it. Does that make sense?
0: No, a hundred percent. And it's just trying to live in the illusion. Even though at this point when this movie came out, KV was kind of dead, but it was a whole nother thing for WCW to acknowledge it. WCW always liked to, you know, hit you with the hot shots and get the, like low-hanging fruit by exposing the business, but I think this was a whole nother level of exposing the business that really, besides be or Beyond the Mat, we really didn't see in wrestling up until this point. I think, what, this movie came out in 2000, 2001? So you're now getting this, like, people are seeing things they've never seen before, and they don't even know how to process it, because I don't think yeah. smart fans were as commonplace. They still existed back then, but now everyone's a smart fan. I I can't believe you chose that movie. Of
2: all the movies that have wrestlers in it, that's the one you decided as your best movie ever with a wrestler in it.
0: Well, so first and foremost, you have all the hits. When you look at how many fucking wrestlers are in that movie... It does
2: have a handful of wrestlers. I don't think you can deny that. No Holds Bar is another one that's got way too many wrestlers in it. That's, this, there's not that many that have seven or eight wrestlers in it.
0: This might be me showing my age a little bit, though, but that was like a very major movie when i was a little bit younger like that was a movie that got a lot of replayability for me and i still hold near and dear like i stayed up until like four o'clock the other day watching because i found out it was on spectrum on demand and so i dropped what i was doing and i put it on and that's why i'm able to talk about it like this because i'm sitting there i've watched this movie a million times
2: i really love like mike but i'd never try to defend it as a good movie like I would never go out to the street and be like, Lil Bow Wow just gave the best performance of his career. You know what I mean? Like that's never gonna happen. This is a
0: great movie though. It's a redemption story, and you have drunk mean Gene asking someone if he's sexy. What more do you need out of a movie, Taylor? I know
2: I need to think a little bit more than I need than that movie gave me. It didn't give me enough thoughts. But so it's
1: and, doing. Oh, I'm sorry, Ted. No, I was just gonna say the other movie because you were talking about those and and the cheesy movies, and some of those are good, but. Like I said, escape from New York, and then, as far as my other pick, as far as a wrestling movie, sort of. Well, I mean, it is a wrestling movie, but it's more about a man's redemption. Is the wrestler with Mickey Rourke?
2: Mickey Rourke, good Great movie. Choice. Good movie.
1: So I love that. Do you have a second I, choice? I have. have a, I
2: do. I have a choice. I have uh, as the first choice. So. I've been like kind of uh, bouncing around all week, going through all the movies I've seen and like trying to figure out what holds the highest ranking for me if I was going to rate a movie. And my first thought was obviously like Princess Bride, because you can't really go wrong mm. with the story of Princess Bride. And Andre is perfect in that movie. But I got to thinking about it. And I think Man on the Moon is a better choice. Have you ever seen Man on the Moon Ooh. with Jim Carrey?
1: Yes, yes. So
2: the, yes. I- the idea of this movie is secretly he loves wrestling in real life and he saw a heel as a kid and decided that he was going to base his act off of trying to make people hate him like that was his whole goal he didn't care if you laughed at him or not all he cared about was getting a pop or a reaction it didn't matter to him whether you thought he was funny he hated the word comedian because everything he did was in the vein of I want this specific reaction. I don't care if it's laughter. I don't care if it's anger. I want a reaction, no matter what. And that's the same way that you see wrestlers come out face or heel. You're looking for a reaction one way or another. You know what I mean? And I think the Jerry Lawler stuff is really interesting because they did make it kayfabe until way after the fact when Jerry Lawler decides to give shoot interviews. You know what I mean? It was kayfabe. And in filming this Movie, Jim Carrey literally slapped him in the face without his knowledge. Like he was so deep into character that he walks up to Jerry Lawler and gives him a smack across the face. It's brilliant. And honestly, Jim Carrey's brilliant. So I just think like as far as critically acc- claim, like you can't get much better of a movie than Man on the Moon, especially when it involves a tad bit of wrestling, you know, like it kind of is the story of someone working the crowd like a wrestler would. And it really drew my attention as a kid because I'm kind of an SNL guy, both old and new. I really love the lore of the backstage of SNL, you know what right. I mean? And he's got so much of these little stories and lore that come with his career that r- really makes me interested him to start with. Plus, I love Jim Carrey stepping out of the box that he sits in usually. And he does that quite a bit with like the Majestic and, you know, 27. There's all these movies. It's 27 or 23. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he steps out the box of these comfortable spots. And whenever he does, he really amazes me. And this movie.
1: Have you heard the story behind uh, how Andy Kaufman got up with Jerry Lawler? I haven't bill after uh Andy Kaufman had first went to Vince senior oh I did hear this wanted... tell the
2: story it's so interesting yeah too.
1: <laughs> he wanted to do something and uh then he got with bill after and they said you know uh they were hanging out somewhere and he went back to bill After's apartment it was like 2am and bill was like okay Vince senior don't want anything to do with you but he said I know these guys in Memphis and they do some uh crazy storylines and some crazy things and he was like let me call jerry lawler and he was like it's 2 a.m and he's like he's a wrestler they're always awake and then he called jerry lawler and and things just progressed from there and uh you know the rest was history as they say but i just thought that was so interesting that uh you know vince senior didn't want anything to do with the storyline but then you know bill apper gets jerry lawler and andy cough together and then you got all the tonight show stuff and Everything else, and uh, it was something that was uh, really creative, and uh, you know, garnered a lot of attention. Do you think that
2: Letterman knew that was coming when they went on Letterman? Do you think that he was at all prepared for that, or do you think they just went out and were just like, "We'll get a natural reaction out of him." F it, you know what I mean?
1: I, knowing those two and the way Jerry Lawler is, I, I think that he probably he and Andy sit down. Let's work him, you know. Let's work him and and probably get the natural reaction. Well, you can see
2: on Letterman's face that he doesn't get shook very much, but he was a little bit nervous towards the tail end of that. When Lawler gives him the smack in the face, you can see on his face yep. that he's like, how do I How do I do this? Like, he, I like Letterman a lot because when he gets into situations, his brain keeps rolling. And you can always see almost what he's thinking, him like getting himself through situations. And that's what he did in that one. He was like, How am I going to handle this the right way? Oh, I'll just make fun of Andy Kaufman because that way way I can't get beat up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I I always love Letterman, but I think it's because he's an Indiana boy and I'm an Indiana boy. I can't help myself. There
0: you go. See, if we're going to go take the cheap way out and like just use a movie that is known to be one of the great movies in cinema, though, I'm going to cheat then and just say, let's go with the water boy then. That's a good. That's a good choice. I would have accepted that far before I would have
2: accepted your other one. Fuck you, dude. I'm telling you, I love the Water Boy. I was just watching that the other day, and he goes, "Looks like you need a shower, stinky."
0: So you did this for yourself because you brought me right back to. Our, you did this to yourself because you brought me right back to Ready to Rumble. It did exactly what it needed to do on both ends. Not only did it appease me as a wrestling fan all these years later, Taylor, but it brought me into wrestling when I was a kid. So fuck you, that movie did what it was supposed to do. The same Man on the Moon did not put you into wrestling. The same feelings you have
2: about the Generation X that you shared on uh, Ted's podcast are the same problems you should have with
0: Ready to Rumble.
2: There's no way around it. You said that it was sophomoric and it didn't age well. That movie does not age well. The jokes don't age well any better.
0: The only jokes that do not age well are like a very small scene in which they are in the drive-thru and they are berating that one girl. Other than that, there was nothing in that movie. It's all
2: butt jokes. It's all fart jokes. the whole movie.
0: That, and that is, your, or that is your personality, Taylor. So why don't you love this movie? Well, then why don't you love the X? I do. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there's generations of it I prefer, you know? Nope. I don't understand. Generation X, 2006.
2: <laughs> Without China, it's not worth it.
0: That's, that's a very compelling argument, though. I, it's weird that Triple H ended up having the more memorable Uh, DX generation as the leader because as soon as Sean went back like I mean I just said that's my preferred generation but everybody really does talk about Triple H's version of DX more so than the Sean Triple H duo is that just me no it's not it's
2: a thing people love Sean though way too much
0: yeah well so and I think that'll lead us on to the next thing we're going to talk about and that's tag team wrestling I know that opinions differ here so I'm really intrigued to have this conversation in general, and it's actually part of the reason why I wanted to have the conversation. I really like tag team wrestling, but I feel like there's a lot of opportunity here. I know you're a huge fan of tag team wrestling, Ted, and Taylor fucking hates... He just hates God, you just have to put me
2: on the spot. It's not so cut and dry. I don't hate tag team wrestling. I just don't like it as much (laughs) as the rest of the wrestling. I like singles wrestling better. I, I probably like tag team wrestling better than trios wrestling. I just like one on one. You know, mano a mano. Meet me in the center of the ring. Let's duke it out. You know what I mean? I just maybe that's just me. I always found the idea of a of a hot tag to be annoying, where it's like someone's like crawling over there. I'm almost there. I'm just a couple more feet. It's <sighs> the same thing with like a ladder match. You know, they're slow climbing a ladder. People don't climb like that. People also don't crawl like that and then get a burst of energy to jump five feet. That's not how life works. I'm sorry. Have you ever army crawled across the field and then been able to jump five feet? Because it doesn't
0: exist. So if you think the worst like jump like tag like that is bad, try watching them at one and a half speed. Because when they're quicker, they look even worse sometimes. (laughs) Ted, what's your opinion? Throw us off.
1: Oh, gosh. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. (laughs) <laughs> tag team wrestling is good because there's already so much story involved. You you not only got the opponents, and like you said, that's that selling because you got the hot tag, because at least you got someone else coming in and being fresh that can make it realistic to be a hot tag. Whereas you got somebody in the ring who is selling in a singles match, and then all of a sudden they hook up, brother, because they're fired up, brother, and then they go <laughs> on a rampage. <laughs> you know? I they mean, do. you've got this, you've got the storyline there, and it's just so beautiful when you got the one guy. I mean, let's like right now, the hottest hot tag in wrestling is Randy Orton. He has been more over now as a face. Than he's ever been over in his career because of his hot tag, and all he does is comes in, he does a lariat, a power slam, and maybe a throw to the turnbuckle and a couple of punches. But they're going wild for it because Riddle is so good at selling. Go back to the Rock and Roll Express, one of the best in the game. I was at a match in our little hometown, the Rock and Roll Express, and I and I, I I seen it with my own eyes. I'd gotten right up at ringside, close seats, maybe. A couple rows back, and Ricky Morton, the I don't even remember who. It may probably the Midnight Express. They had him on the rope, and they were like putting the foot down and choking him on the rope. And Ricky was looking out at these teenage girls and these grandmas, and he just mailed the words, "Help me!" And oh, they got so mad at Dennis and Bobby, and were just oh, and then for them to get emotionally involved, they were pulling for him and they knew if he could just get over and tag Robert, Robert would come in and clean house and they could get the momentum back. The emotional roller coaster of the tag team match is just so great. How can you deny it? Because all of that could be done in a singles match. Every
2: one of those things you just said, they could do that whole bit without having to have a tag team right with them. Randy Orton's fine by himself. The Legend Killer shit was awesome. It was, he's fine by himself. He doesn't need Riddle. Maybe he's more over right now as a face, but I'd rather him kill old
0: people for a living. So I kind of want to go to bat for Taylor, but also spark the fire that's probably going to piss you off. I'm not done yet. Okay, never mind. So we were, we
2: were, we were discussing the other day FTR on that, um, on that Ring of Honor pay per view. I know how much you like the match. And let me say before I say anything, I also really, really enjoyed the match. Like, there are a handful of tag team matches in the last year that I will put my stamp of approval on, and that's one of them. But I didn't go to that pay-per-view looking for the FDR match. You know what I mean? Like, I went for Gresham. I went for Lethal. So there were other things that I wanted in that because I love them. They're some of my favorite wrestlers. So there are parts I, I get involved in wrestlers and characters, and I guess you could say FTR is characters and they are, and they're good at their job and they are the best probably thing in tag team wrestling. I can agree with you on that. It's just me personally, I don't find as much worth in tag team wrestling as I do mano and mano. And I, I know that that's an unpopular opinion and I know that I'm going to get burned and that's okay. I don't mind, but I think like that match was incredible because will came in one night we were recording and I was rewatching it because it's so good. Like, you know what I mean? But you had him one-on-one the other night. That was incredible too. Was it not? Oh,
1: wait a minute. Who, who was FTR,
2: FTR? You had him one-on-one oh, wait, the other well- night.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. So you had a tag team, built in story of two guys who were like brothers wrestling each other.
2: But does that show you what they can do as singles competitors as well?
1: But when you have like when you But if the they whole they were never a tag team, where's the story? It's just like when you have a tag team that someone turns like right now. To me, the best story WWE could do, which would be better than the bloodline or anything, is if one of the New Day would turn. If that would happen, that it's, would take over everything they've got because they were a unit and so close, and the story is already right there. You just got to have somebody with the guts to pull the trigger.
0: I think you do it with Biggie too when he comes back. If you're going to finally do it, do it with Biggie. Biggie could be just such a monstrous heel. And I think the fact that we got that lackluster title reign from him that I expected, not because of him, but because of the baby face that he was portraying at the time. I think if you bring him back and go, where were you? Like, obviously, you can keep this in kayfabe. We're not going to go right back on Vince McMahon today. But like, be like, hey, you know, I was in the hospital. You guys showed up as soon as it happened. But where were you through rehab? Where were you through this? You know, like there, it writes itself if you really want to. Um, but I think Taylor put his foot in his mouth and should have let me spoke because what I think the problem is, and WWE and AEW share this exact same problem. With tag team wrestling, they're not worried about the tag team wrestling and the storylines that it can produce as much as they are worried about the superstars within tag team wrestling. And I know AEW doesn't really acknowledge the term superstar, but when you think about their tag team division, it isn't you don't look at the division. You look at the two or three teams that are big in the division. And that may be different, but I really see a showcasing of like Young Bucks, of Jungle Jungle Express, like uh, Red Dragon right now because they're in it. But the fault that AEW has a little bit more than WWE and like, for example, WWE, their two big tag teams right now are the Usos and RK-Bro. They're not really showcasing as many other tag teams. So I think the only other one that you can keep in that vein is maybe Otis and Gable. But there's not many other tag teams, in my opinion, that are being showcased. But I think the problem with AEW that they have on top of that is they're making sure all of their tag teams also have a third person so they can throw them into trios matches when needed. I
2: I also think, like, and this again, I'm losing this battle, and that's okay. I don't mind occasionally being the, uh, the knockout dummy. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. But... Do you ever get sad that Ricky Morton and uh, that Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson didn't get their own little single pushes like they had to be strapped at the hip all the time? You know what I mean? Because they're the Rock and Roll Express. Do you ever get sad Uh, that Nick and Matt Jackson aren't going to ever get singles runs because they're going to be strapped at the hip for their life? But and that makes me sad if Dax and and Dax and Cash don't get separated.
1: They'll be together forever. Okay, first, Ricky Morton did get a singles push. and he wrestled several when Starcade and 86 went on the road and they had 14 matches, world championship matches. Uh, he got about two or three of those. He had, uh, a, a feud with flair, but that was because that was a different circumstance because, uh, the rock and roll express and midnight express when they were doing double shots in towns, they were drawing more than flair and dusty on top at the gate. And dusty got jealous and, let Ricky go on a little singles run to try to break the momentum and no disrespect to Dusty Rhodes, but Ricky Morton said that others in WCW have said that. Um, as far as current tag teams, uh, if you want to go back in my archives, you can listen to top heels don't always need titles. And I explain how top heels don't always need titles and some heels like FTR and even the young bucks and some, they can make their legacy, they can make everything and just be a tag team specialist. Just like, uh, I know the audio audience can't see it, but I have a Midnight Express shirt on. Bobby Eaton, always known with a tag team, but he's still well-revered and has left a legacy. And I think that is just part of the genre and part of that thing to where if everybody gets a singles push again, then you're overcrowding at the top. And all we're doing is having storylines to fight over titles and all that. And I'm fine with people just being tag team specialists, sort of like um, you guys are football fans, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't we have that utility player? He may never be, but everybody knows his name. Everybody knows he may be a kickoff return specialist. He may be a third down specialist. He may be the guy, you know, that they throw in the wing formation and, he can run the ball or throw the ball or he can play receiver. He can play defensive back or all that. And he may not get the quarterback push, but everybody knows his name. And he's still left a good legacy and he's made a lot of money. And there's a handful
2: so. of people that will go in just as tag teams into their legacy, like the Road Warriors or something like that. You know, you're right in the aspect that it is necessary that tag team wrestling exists. It just is sometimes... I don't want the biggest deal in the world to be tag team wrestling when the biggest deal in the world should be the title match that happens. And then nobody's talking about it.
0: But to Ted's point, though, if it's booked right, that can very much be the most important thing. It's like he said so many times that those title or not even title matches, those tag team matches were headlining shows because that was the must see television. And I think uh, we talked
2: about the other day Dusty Rhodes and his tag team partner and him breaking off and becoming Dusty Rhodes. Like, had he stuck yeah. with his tag team partner, that would have never happened. And we needed that. So, occasionally, it's not always a bad thing when you've got someone no, like, no. like Dax Harwood, who is a five tool player, correct? Like, he, he can do yes. everything. He can do mic work. He has the look. He has the entrance. He has the match skills. He has the entering skills. He has it all, he has everything. So, why wouldn't we want him in a singles match? Like I understand he has a place in a tag team, and he can build his legacy in that tag team. I get that what I'm saying is there is untapped talent to him or cash either way. Take it either way. both of them have untapped well, talent that's never going to get out because they're in a tag team, and they have to play off each did other did you
1: did you hear Cash's and Dax's interview together with Renee uh you know.
2: Oh, we know who you're talking Jackson's about. Yeah
1: I, did, yeah, I didn't
2: hear it. What'd they say?
1: Okay. Cash was talking about the match, and he said, I don't want to be a singles wrestler. He said, "If I don't want to split up with Dax. If that happens, I want to retire. So I think a lot of times as fans, we project what we want, but Dax and Cash may be perfectly happy being that tag team because they said that's what they want to leave is their legacy, Because their next goal, they they said their two big bucket list goals to go, is they want to be the first two-time AEW World Tag Team champion, and then they want to win the IWGP championship so they can be seven-star. So they said, with all those world titles, how can we not be in the conversation of greatest tag team of all time? And that's a fair
2: assessment, but that doesn't always mean that's what's going to be happening four years down the road. You know what I mean? There's plenty of time. They're not going anywhere. They're young. They're at a new company. There's plenty of time for things to change. And I'm not saying break everybody up right now. There should be no more tag teams. What I'm saying is we eventually need to think about the idea of expanding. And these two particular guys could be a base for expanding. Well, I think
0: FTR is. Absolutely. Um, But I think something that should also be considered too, like with the thought of breaking up tag teams, you have to think about how destructive it is sometimes like the beauty with tag team wrestling, too, is it also gives two people that have glaring weaknesses on one side of the spectrum or the other be able to come together and basically two men make one. Main event wrestler. I think you make
2: that argument for redragon. They both have things that they aren't great at, but put them together and they fit really well together. It's it's a lot of tag teams. You're right. There is a glaring weakness, but I don't think that FTR has no I,
0: I know No, no, no. I, I and I'm not using them as an example, but I want to point out more like there's two tag teams that come to mind. And this will make a little bit more sense because you'll agree with one, you won't agree with one. Um, the not the rock and roll express, the rockers, Marty and Sean. Marty was never able to get on his footing without Sean even in his run at WCW and I was just watching like a video earlier today even of like his first couple matches and like you could see that he he had his moments where he shined but if he tried to work an entire match by himself he wasn't comfortable doing it he needed to be that person who came in did x y and z move Help the move or the match progress, and then go back to his corner. I think uh,
2: we're a lot like that, though, in an aspect where when we do podcasts, uh, we feed off of each other. Like I don't want to do a podcast by myself, but imagine Ted in a, in a but, tag team, and this man doesn't need but, to be in a tag team because he's Stone Cold Steve but, Austin.
1: But, but Taylor but maybe you've got so much potential. We want to see you in a singles run. That's
0: maybe
2: a, we want
1: to see that.
2: <laughs> see? Well, I'm quitting, Will. I'm You're, sorry. He made a good point. You know, I'm going to have to quit. You
0: know know I, I'll I, spread
2: my wings and fly. But another. Can I get you, your old producer, Denver, Ted? Uh, don't
1: even bring up Denver.
0: We're still. <laughs> so what? Uh, another great example, though, I think, is uh, the Varsity Blondes. I don't think Griff would do anything meaningful without Pillman. and I. But I do think Pillman could branch off and have a great singles run. No. I do think at this point, he's looking like someone we could really bolster in a tag team division and have him be an anchor. And I think he has more of a legacy to be written in tag team than he does singles. Listen, Will, I'm going to say this one time and I'm going to say this one time only.
2: They put him with the best person in AEW and it was not a good feud. The best person. There's nobody better than MJF. They gave him the best person in the company and it didn't produce anything for me.
0: It was compelling, but the no, problem is they pulled it off a TV like
2: within it a wasn't, week and a half. It wasn't compelling. That's why they pulled it off a TV. It wasn't compelling. Everything else MJF touches is gold. He can't even make that guy good.
0: Can I get your thoughts on this, Ted? Because I hope I'm not alone.
1: Uh, well, uh, I actually think Griff has more. Potential in the long run than Pillman. Well, um, fuck. Okay. You're
2: the only person I've ever I heard mean, say that.
1: Explain that. Here's one. the reason <laughs> because I think right now he's just still real green and he's he's trying to get comfortable because I've seen Griff. He wrestles a lot uh, right in South Carolina across the border here in North Carolina, at a lot of uh, indie shows. And you can tell he feels more comfortable there. And I think he's still just learning how to wrestle on TV. But I think eventually I think there's some potential there. I think he's a I think he's a diamond in the rough, but he has to get to that point and he's just not got there yet. But um I actually cause Pillman Pillman still tries to wrestle like it's nineteen ninety three. And it's not really a high-flying style. He does try to come over the rope, and he's got a, a high cross body block, but that's about it. And it's – I don't know. There's just something with Pillman that I, I think he needs a tag team, whereas I think eventually – not now, but I think I just see some things in Griff that I think eventually he could, uh, he could get there. Well, the
2: first problem with him is he's not believable to beat anybody of worth. You know what I mean? Even if they gave him like a mouthpiece, like again, say Malcolm oh. comes into AW and they throw Malcolm with him. You know what I mean? Like he just is never going to produce you what you need him to produce. You can't book him with anybody of credit and put him over yeah. or it makes anybody of credit look like they're not of credit anymore. Like you can't bring Pillman Jr. in and put him over Punk. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not nah. going to work. It's not going to work. And that's the problem.
0: It, it could if you booked it the
2: right but way. But I, no, I see what it, you're it saying, Can't though, because he can't produce the level of match that any of those guys can make. It's the same thing with MJF. You're putting him in there with a fucking bull and expecting him not to get the horns. It's not going to work. He can't compete with him on a mic. He can't compete with him in a ring. It's a bad idea. You can't put people in there that aren't the same. It's just not fair. And I know that he deserved a singles push for whatever reason, because he's an AEW loyalist and he's been there for a while. You know what I mean? Whatever Tony's reasoning is to give him that push. It's fine. I was ready to give him a try, but after giving him a try, it's not keep him in the tag team. That's a person that that's the reason tag team exists right there. Those two boys. Those are
0: the reason that tag teams need to exist. Well, and so I, I may be having a different opinion of Ted, which I can understand if he sees him in a completely different environment, he might be able to see things. But when I see Griff, I kind of just say, hey, we already have Griff and Jungle Boy. They bring a lot of the same things yeah. to the table. And um, Jungle
2: Boy has charisma. Uh,
0: thanks to right. Christian. He and, didn't
2: He didn't a year ago. But you can teach that, and he has been taught. You know, it's not an easy thing that, to teach.
1: That's what I'm saying about Griff. He's nowhere near there. There's just some things I've seen, I think, if he stays with it, he might could get there. But it it just you know time will tell, and he and he may never get there. It just depends. But uh, like you were talking about Pillman and those. But going back to tag teams, the other thing you gotta remember that I guess I enjoy about it is for years and years and years when we had all those decades of. You know, we got the run of the Hardys and Edge and Christian and the Dudleys and some of that. But then we lost tag team wrestling for many, many years. You know, there was not a really emphasis on it. So maybe it is an oversaturation, but I'm just glad to see it come back some so that we can actually, you know, enjoy it as I used to in my youth because for years there in WWE, I mean, You know, I fell away from it for a long time. And when I would come back, it was like, you know, where are the tag teams? Where are these great rivals? Because I just like some of the stories. I, I, you know, even like you were talking about the Rockers, there's a built-in story of a breakup when you do do a singles push. And sometimes they need to start out in a tag team. Like right now, eventually you're going to have to break up the acclaim. And, you know, I think, I think Bowen's, is going to be a great singles wrestler one day. But what's that do for but, Caster?
2: Because it doesn't do anything for Caster because I don't think he can survive on his own. I disagree. I
1: think but, he could. He he may could, but then again, you may have to find him another tag team partner. He may be one of those to where that may be his legacy. That may but but that's the other thing I love about AEW is even though a lot of these tag teams may be on dark or, or maybe on elevation or may just get a little bit of you know squash matches here and there, whatever, and get beat all the time, but all these guys are like in their 20s. There's so much potential there to where we can actually, as fans, watch them. So 10 years from now, the ones that make it, we can say, man, I remember when he was on dark getting beat every week, and now look at it. You know, I remember when he was in this tag team, and now he is a a TNT champion or Discovery HBO Max champion or whatever. They end up having to change a name eventually down the road. But we can see some of that stuff. What if they started naming the
2: belt after their shows? Like it was like the Sopranos championship or something.
1: Yeah. Or or the, you know, the Andy Griffith uh, Memorial title. (laughs) I love that. that.
2: I'd love that if it had a picture of Andy Griffith on it.
1: Well, Ted makes Ew. such a great point, though. I'm too, though. all in.
0: Think about, like, the Hollywood Blondes. And Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, think about the Hollywood Blondes. You know, it had that no-name uh, Steve Austin, where, whatever happened to him, and then even Brian Pillman before has had a great run himself. Like, you have two people that found each other in a tag team and helped them strengthen each other. Like, I going back to what I said earlier, those glaring weaknesses Neither you, one of
2: them had glaring weaknesses, Will. They both did. Neither one of them did. Stone Cold found a way out of his glaring weaknesses through singles competition.
0: No, it's through bolstering, getting the experience, the reps, working with someone who did what he didn't do well, do well, and then vice versa. And then ultimately, if you want to credit his promos, you can think Paul Heyman. Because Paul Heyman got a drunk, pissed off Stone Cold and made him stay up till 7 o'clock yelling at Vince. Or not Vince, it was Eric. It was Eric. Did you Wikipedia this? No, you've never seen that. Are we going
2: to get called on this later?
0: Uh, Fuck everyone. You know, (laughs) not not every time I'm wrong, but no, no. It's usually me, but
2: I feel like every episode now, we need like a fact checker on here that I can like push and it'll just fact check everything we say. And then I can just like hit you with like a wrong button. It'll be like, ah,
0: no, but whenever you do it, there are a lot of stories Uh, about this. Do you know what I'm talking about, Ted? The ECW promos?
1: Yeah, and I I did hear something about that. But, you know, you're talking about fact-checker. Just like last week, you know, Will was trying to throw Tony Schiavone under the bus. And, (laughs) you know, he just threw it out as an idea. That was it. Ben Ferriso is the one that took it. So – the tell week me, before, the me, week I before, I tried to I
2: tried to make Eric Bischoff hire Vince Russo. The week before, so I'm dead one. The week before, every week we're just consistently putting out unfact-checked facts that aren't real.
0: Here's <laughs> the difference between me and you, Taylor. Though you tried to change history, I'm just exposing <laughs> history and <laughs> the truth. <laughs> Go make sure you listen to the Hill of Truth because you will hear me point out that Tony Schiavone <laughs> is working us all. I love, and Tony I Shavani. will die. On I would assault. invite him to my house uh, for no. tea right
2: now.
1: Tony Schiavone is the voice of my childhood. There'll be no Tony Schiavone slander. Okay? He's a god. He, he, is, he is the man. Okay? <laughs> He's got wings. He, he
2: floats. When you see him in a room, he doesn't even he, sit on chairs. He just floats on air.
1: Absolutely. He's a good man. But the thing, tag team wrestling, it is. And maybe it's not for everybody, but I see what AEW is doing with it. And even with the factions, trying to get as many people on TV to get exposed, to get experience to get the rub and to make new superstars, just like Wheeler Yuda. I mean, he is, you know, flying high because he's in a team with, the, you know, with Moxley and Danielson. This take and- wasn't
2: originated for AEW, though. Like, I started this take on the basis of me watching Raw and SmackDown every league and picking matches to just go to the bathroom or go drink milk in the kitchen while they're on. Well, you know what now, I mean, and that's what happened. It's not so much about AEW, and you could honestly give me say, Oh, I hate country music, but I'm always gonna find a handful of country artists that I really, really like, like Alan Jackson. So if okay. there is things like FTR, they could be my Alan Jackson, that's okay, you know what I mean. But when it comes to like but, Natalia and Tamina, I'm gonna leave the room. No,
1: but but here, yeah, now I agree on that because <laughs> WWE has run tag team wrestling. I was going to say, that was was where
2: the take originated. And
1: that's what I was getting at originally. But
2: it came out like I ah, hate all tag team wrestling. And then I started leaning into it.
1: I'm obviously older than you two. Okay. And I love you guys. You know, we're we're like family. So you're like my two sons who are fighting. So I'm going to go ahead and give both of you advice from religiously (laughs) listening to your show every week. Will. You've got to quit looking at WWE through an AEW lens because it ain't going to happen. Taylor, you've got to quit looking at AEW through the WWE. lens. <laughs> <laughs> they're totally different because that's the thing. Tag team wrestling in WWE, you've got Street Profits, RK Bro, Usos, Alpha Academy, and every now and then they... Try to throw back into Viking Raiders. You, and this has you been like a four month thing. They're another one of those tag yes, they teams that just I'm keep like, rotating, rotating.
2: Whenever I see the Viking and Raiders, I'm leaving the room. I'm just leaving. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want it. And I don't I, want it.
1: I understand that. And Will, yours was, you, you were trying to put, you, I mean, your idea of the, the, the draft in WWE was great. It was so great, but they're not going to do it. So just give up. They're not going to do
0: it. That's the thing. I try to take all WWE things these days with a grain of salt. And Taylor keeps on trying to poke the bear and get me to look at WWE with an AEW lens. It's called content, Will. It is. But like, (laughs) I think it's a lost cause. I think, though, with AEW, ultimately, like how you fix my problems with the company. And trust me, you know, Ted, I have very few problems with AEW and their booking and presentation and all. I think something that would be a major milestone in the company, though, is if we distinguish... Between trios and tag team, I really think that you have to like either declare yourself a trio or a tag team. And this pulling and having like the third or fourth guy just laying around for when we need a trios match, I'm kind of over on that. Like I, I like trios wrestling. I understand, just like you said, we're helping build stars and stuff. But when we can't decide which one we want to commit ourselves to, because we'll have cards that maybe have two singles matches on it, three tag team matches, and four trios matches. And I know that's an exaggeration. But without the trio's titles, it's really hard to be compelled because now we're just taking our tag teams over here that aren't busy. We're throwing a third person in them, and it makes some of these trios confusing. Like I think a perfect example of a confusing person within the trio's realm is Eddie Kingston. And I'm not here to talk anything poorly about Eddie Kingston. He's one of my favorites in that company. But how many times did we just bounce him? from trios to trios to trios, just trying to find out where he fits in. And uh, I think you had the same thing, uh, shit, with Penta. Not Penta, but like both of them, like with Pac, like you had that bouncing around between click and click. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to follow sometimes. And it
1: just, for well, me. Well, what I think they should do on that, even with the factions, is have an established tag team and then have your third person more of your established singles, and then every now and then join in for trios. But you know that person is going to be your singles, sort of like the Horsemen did it. Tully and Arn were your tag team, and they were tag team champions. They were wrestling tag team matches. Flair was your singles. Even with Windham there, he was doing singles. Every now and then, you might have a a six-man or an eight-man but you knew who the established tag team in that group was. And like you said, you may give them the priority of a tag team match and just every now and then a trios. And And I agree with what you're saying. Sometimes it can get confusing without the belts and like, who's that? And I, I think the only issue with that is production and trying to get people on TV. Mm-hmm. And I know that what they're trying to do, but yes, sometimes it can hurt the overall presentation and make you think, well, why are they doing this? Why is this happening this way? Because, you know, even in AEW, you've got a lot of eight-man, ten-man tag teams and stuff like that. So it can be overbearing at times. I will agree.
2: And it's getting to a point where they're pushing people out like Jack Evans and Angelico.
0: Oh,
1: God, not this again? <laughs> no, I'm not even going to let you finish that. <laughs> uh and Helico was just on dark the other day. He's still there. Oh man. So they split him up. Not following yeah, your listings. He... Are they
2: Ted? They didn't hear this podcast at all. Did they?
1: No. Well, but they split him Helico up. Helico was there. So, <laughs> but what, and see, that's a dream match that I know will never be done, but I would love to see. And Helico. With his submission style of wrestling and those long lanky arms and legs against Brian Danielson in a submission uh, match, to where you had to submit to to win—that could definitely or, happen. You know? But it
2: would probably end up on dark. Knowing can, the way can we bring just
1: the yeah. stipulation
0: of a submission match back in general? Like, I know this is off-topic, but what happened to that or like Iron Man matches? Those just don't exist anymore, and it's insulting.
1: Well, you've got a submission match coming up, Rhonda and Charlotte. He don't know do nothing you, about that. He pretends you, like he
2: watches the matches and he doesn't watch them. He's doing other things. He's just trying to avoid this uh, pinky promise that he made so he doesn't get kicked at the nads. He
0: knows what he's doing. I'm actually pretty sure I'm clear and free as of this episode being released. So, no, man. I don't praise think so. the Lord. For, for, he keeps trying to shorten it.
2: First it was four weeks and then it was three. And this is like the second week. He just keeps trying to make it shorter and shorter so he can get out of his jail sentence. Taylor, can you
0: um can you tell me what date it is?
2: I don't know what date it is.
1: You think I have a calendar in here? What are you doing? So it's like May the fifth or sixth, something like that. By the time this comes out, yeah. So um Taylor, just You're to remind to you like this is You're supposed to pretend like this is live and I'm actually telling you the date because this is the day we're doing it. Exactly, Ted. That's what we're doing. This is
0: live. I don't know why you're trying to pretend like it's not. I'm not Andy Kaufman (laughs) and I'm not
2: Jerry Lawler. I'm not selling anything here, man. So yeah, I'm doing all full. The K-Fabe's dead. I'm
0: breaking it in half fuck you. WrestleMania ended on April 3rd, 2022. And since this is May now, that is four weeks, no, Mr. I hate three math. Weeks.
2: And it was the, it was after WrestleMania the week after, you old butt. No, it was Listen the next episode. So he just
0: farted out of his mouth. Boop, 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 Once boop. again, April 4th. Um, Okay, so <laughs> I'll let you sit here and hate math still because it's working out great. Yeah, me you. and Steiner live in a perfect
2: place where math doesn't exist and we're not leaving. So don't try to bring us back in with your uh honky-tonk math. I don't want none of it.
0: I'll tell you, Ted, I had so many things I want to talk to you about, and I still want to talk to you about all of them, but this okay. has really gotten off the rails. So I'm going to okay. propose to you. I can't say that we're going to do it next week, but in the next couple That's of weeks, fine. I would like to put out the invitation for you to come back, and we can kind of go through the list of stuff we had Absolutely. already discussed. But this was the pressing concept and who knows, maybe the next time we sit together, Taylor will change his mind. Maybe between me and you, we can give him some tag team wrestling to try to get him smart, you know? Because hes I think he's missing out. I really do. I think I like, like, a uh, Team Hell No. Can oh, We uh,
2: somehow put them back Why together? am I not even surprised can this is coming? Bring, can we bring Glenn out of retirement what? and stick him with brother? Bro, I'll
0: be real with you. I saw a picture of him. He is still swole.
2: I saw that
1: today, too. He's Riff. got abs on abs. Abs on his abs, real quick. Real quick, I will say, even in the 2.0 era of NXT, their tag team wrestling is better than the main roster. And you oh, I agree. NXT, who's the Creed your guys? So, are, uh, Creed
0: Brothers, is it the Creed Brothers you're liking? I'm intrigued though. Because, so, we'll, I he's supposed to, I know for a fact, I'll be there at Spring Breaker or whatever the pay per view is by the time. Since this is live, I was at Spring Breaker, right? And Taylor was great
1: show, by the way. Exactly. It surprised
0: me. (laughs) I'm really intrigued to see the dynamic if we even see the Creed Brothers now. But I think they might be just pushing pretty deadly through the roof now. I keep calling them like pretty
2: ugly on accident. I don't know why. It's not on purpose. (laughs) But I keep saying, like, every time I say their name, I say, like, pretty dangerous or like pretty ugly. I never get them right.
0: Every time I see them, I think they either belong at Castle, which if you don't know what Castle is, Ted, it's like this 90s goth club over here in Ebor. He or, doesn't know what that means. He doesn't know what Ebor is. What are you doing? You're dropping local references on him? Actually, a lot of people know what What about Ybor our anonymity? Is. It's like the party capital of the world. You know what? I'm <laughs> done with you. Uh, or they look like they belong in a typo negative music video. Like I could definitely see them in the back of one of those music
1: videos. That's just me. Um, but I, a blade movie. I call them. Pre- I call them pretty reckless. I like that. I like that.
0: They are <laughs> like uh, pretty interesting. I'll tell you what. I just. Pretty I hate cool that they had them debut in those like hoodies and jeans, and they had such a good look. And then they actually had to show us how they dressed. It's called right. fashion. Will have you heard of it? I have, and uh, they are not icons in my book. But with that, Ted, please, please, please plug your stuff again, because I want to make sure everyone listening today knows where to find
1: you, because if they're not already listening, they're playing themselves. The Hill Truth, Spotify, Apple, Google, and you can find me at Hillbilly Hill on Twitter. Ted, the Hillbilly Hill, shoot name, Ted Hill. So don't forget that. That's my government name. The name the government gave me. Not my mom and dad, the government. Ted Hill. Remember that. The Hill truth. There's the real truth. Then there's the Hill truth. Oh,
0: hell yeah. And you already know the shtick. I'm not even going to bother plugging it. You just, you know. I want to focus on Ted and his uh, avenues. So with that, Ted, right before I let you go, there is one thing we do here each and every single week on Fridays, and that's Us giving our flowers. Now, it's a little bit difficult because this is live and we know what happened, but we're just so overwhelmed with all the options. So I want to ask, do either of you have anyone in mind you'd like to give your flowers to?
2: Yes. Yes, I do. This should be obvious. Everybody should know who I'm going to choose. I've been lamenting all week, crying boxes of tissues out. Dakota Kai, come to AEW. We need you on TV. We need you in our lives. Here's your flowers of the week. We love you. Every time you wrestled on NXT, you were the best part of the show. Thank you.
1: Really
0: can't argue with that.
1: Um, How about you, Ted? Uh, this week, um, I will give my flowers, because, again, this is Friday, and this week is always already passed. I'm going to give my flowers to Tony Schiavone. Because, once <laughs> again, on Dynamite, he did a great job. And, you know, he's holding together. He, he doesn't even really get to interview people. They just take the mic away from him. They, uh, you know, interrupt him. They do all that. So uh, uh, this, this week on Dynamite, great job, Tony. I'm going to give you my flowers. Hey, you know why they always take the mic away from him, right? He tells them to do
0: it so he gets sympathy. <laughs> It's all the work, brother. It's all the work. So for me, I'm either going to give my flowers to Enzo or Cass. You decide because we all watched what happened on Wednesday. But (laughs) that was such a great opportunity to get our boys back. And whether you liked Enzo or Cass, because it was both of them, right? And I just think they deserve it. Um, Morrissey has come so far. And I know a lot of people, like I've seen a lot of the cringe Twitter this week where people are saying all these horrible things about Cass back in WWE and now like really excited for him in AEW. And it's one of those things where this man did have a lot going on in his life and he had to overcome mountain after mountain to get where he's at. But I think he exemplifies that there's always another chance. And if you just put your head down and do what it, you need to do, you can still live your dreams no matter how far you have
2: fallen from grace. Heck yes, you can. I like that. Thank you, Ted, again. We really, really appreciate you as always.
1: That was so you subtle. I let just me be on air.
2: Vomited.
0: No, dude, it is our pleasure. Um, like I said, this is an open invitation, so we will get all the intricates of it worked out after the show. Um, I know we are running out a little bit of time for a whole mess of things, but just seriously, the fact that you were able to take out some time of your day and yell at Taylor about tag team wrestling means more that, you know, uh, to us, man, we just appreciate you all that you do. And I think you are like a beacon of light and hope within the wrestling community that doesn't get enough praise for what and, you do each and every single, And IWC cherub.
1: I consider myself more of a, uh, six wing uh multi-odd seraphim you know <laughs> all right, i like fair. that no, I'm not no i like to
2: picture you as a baby angel
0: little <laughs> wings you know like i really feel like we've just now entered the dinner table in talladega nights <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's exactly what i was going for i'm so proud you got the reference i'm so proud all right i can end, i can end this episode of happy now because i got my talladega nights uh will ferrell reference stuck in there
0: <laughs> Dad, we'll see you soon guys uh Soon, guys. I pluralized you, but it's okay, Ted. We will see multiples of you soon. Until next time.